I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've put the title on the board for this message today. The reason for coronavirus is tolerance. Part two, last week I did part one. Preachers are froward. That is an extremely important word. We're going to cover that today. And they are ignoring the defined truth. They don't care what it is. I got an email that I want to read to you uh, in the message. It came from a lady down in Houston, and someone sent this to her. It was about one of the most famous men in America, an entertainer of sorts, and he had something to say about the coronavirus that I thought was one of the most astounding things because of who he is. His name is Hulk Hogan. He's probably the most well-known wrestler in America, Um, him and maybe one other, maybe Andre the Giant. But Hulk Hogan's real name is Terry Jean Bolia. Let me read this to you. One of the most popular professional wrestlers of all time is calling for Christian revival. Terry Jean Bolia, also known as Hulk Hogan, posted a message to Facebook this week commenting on coronavirus pandemic. Amid all the death and suffering caused by the crisis, Hogan saw one silver lining. In three short months, just like he did with the plagues of Egypt, this is Hogan's words, God has taken away everything we worship, Hogan said. And what he says is absolute truth. God said, you you want to worship athletes? I'll shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down civic centers. You want to worship actors? I will shut down theaters. You want to worship money? I will shut down the economy and collapse the stock market, Hogan wrote. That's amazing coming from that sort of a man. Virtually everything Hogan mentioned has been shut down due to the coronavirus. In order to halt the spread of disease, the White House has recommended that everyone avoid gathering of 10 people or more if possible. Hogan went on to further explain what good might come out of the ongoing global crisis. Here's what he says is good about it. Does America need Christian revival? Maybe we don't need a vaccine. Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from the distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus on the only thing in the world that really matters, Jesus. Now, can you imagine a man saying that the only thing that matters is Jesus other than somebody like myself? This show of support for Christian values is in stark contrast to how many other celebrities are reacting to coronavirus pandemic. Back in March 18, Gal Gadot released an Instagram video featuring a group of celebrities singing John Lennon's Imagine. The song praises secular values, 
over traditional Judeo-Christian ones with several lines suggesting that religions such as Christianity are the source of many of the world's problems. Well, in a way, that's true. If you're, if you're not obedient to God, God says, I'll send, the, I'll send pestilence. So that would only be the way when people quit serving God in truth. It's easy if you try. No hill below. This is what the song says. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. This is John Lennon's song, Imagine. No hell below us, above us only sky, the song says. Imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion to. I wonder how John Lennon feels like that, now that he's in hell. These words sung by Gadot and her celebrity friends stand in stark contrast to Hogan's call for Christian revival. I hope he really means true Christianity. While his fellow celebrities may not feel the same way, one unlikely individual seems does seem to agree with Hogan. In an interview with National Review, published Wednesday, political scientist and agnostic Charles Murray unexplained or explained how the Great Awakening could save American values. If you could have a resurgence of what used to be known as religious great awakening, we've had three of them at least, maybe four. Those had very good effects. Those could change the behavior of population in a very positive way. Although professional wrestling is staged fake affair, the authenticity and genuine nature of Hulk Hogan's Facebook post cannot be understated. His fellow celebrities might want to take note. That is kind of unbelievable. Now, I agree with Hulk Hogan. I, I had a t-shirt made one time, and it said, America is entertaining themselves to hell. And that's what I believe. It's because of the preachers in America. I've talked to people. I've said, and I'll say this again. The problem with America is not abortion. It's not homosexuality. It is not rap music or rock music. It's none of these. It's coming from the pulpits. There's no truth being spoken. Men don't know what anything means. They don't care. The whole world is, they are acting very stupid. That is a Greek word and a Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is ba'ar. Ba'ar. And the Greek word is alogos, A-L-O-G-O-S. It's the word brutish. A brutish, it comes from the word brute. It means to have the understanding of a brute beast that cannot take instructions. No instruction. Or we would say, or the Bible would say, no didache, 
or doctrine, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. That's doctrine. It means to be taught or instructed. Now, some people will say doctrine doesn't matter. Doctrine is everything. It's everything. If anyone comes preaching any other doctrine, anything other than what God has instructed us, do not bid them God's speed. God's speed is a word in the Greek, does not mean to go fast like God goes. That's not what it means. It, it's the word caro, C-H-A-I-R-O. It is a derivative of the word charis. Charis is the word grace, and it means unmerited favor. Unmerited That means you didn't do anything to become God's son. He birthed you by his will. Caro means to be gracious to someone. If someone brings any other doctrine, do not be gracious to them. You don't eat with them. You do not eat with them. With such an one, know not to eat if they're preaching any other doctrine there in the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians. No eating with them. You don't say, well, I'm going to go over to their house on Friday night and have a cookout with them, and I'm going to try to convince them. After the second admonition, second admonition, you reject them as a heretic. You tell them twice. It doesn't mean you go around being nasty and cutting and abrasive to people. You just don't have anything to do with them any longer. That would include people that call themselves Christian and they're preaching free will. Anybody who preaches free will, you can't fellowship with them. Free will. What do you mean free will? Well, they say they accepted Christ, accept Christ, by their own will, it was their doing, their doing. It was something they conjured up in themselves when the Bible says, there is none righteous, not one. There's none understands and none seeketh after God. Nobody seeks God as the natural sinful man. And the natural man does not receive decomai, the things of the Spirit of God. Billy Graham preached this. He preached it means to come from deck, which is the word ten in the Greek. And decomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. Accept Christ is not true. You can't, God has to make you a new person, then you will accept the things that Jesus said. But he's got to birth you by his will. He's predestined a certain people to conform to the likeness of Christ. He's birthed us by his will. Anybody who don't preach that, you don't need to be fellowshipping with them. You go fishing with some guy that believes that he accepted Christ and you get in an argument on the lake. And somebody's going to end up in the lake. You're, I can't even talk to somebody that wants to fight me on predestination. And that's just about everybody in the country. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. It doesn't say 
God knew who would accept him down the road. Nobody would accept him because there's none that seeketh after God. No man can come to me, Jesus said, except my Father which has sent me, draw him. That word draw is the word helco. It means to drag in. Helco means to drag. It's the same word. In the That's in John, the sixth chapter. And it's the same word in the, in the 21st chapter of John where Peter said he could not drag in the fishes because the net was so full. But unless God drags us in, he has to change our unrighteous will. He does the changing. You don't. You cannot just change your mind and walk down an aisle and say, I want to accept Christ. That That's an easy out. That's not even an easy way to heaven. That's just a... That is a false doctrine, and it gives you false hope. And they and these preachers are preaching accept Christ and sinner's prayer for salvation. I'll say it again. There is no sinner's prayer. You can't pray to a God you don't believe in. You have to be believing in him, and belief is the method of salvation. Remember, believe and faith are the same basic word. Faith is the noun. Believe is the verb. Believe is the word pistis. Episteo, P-I-S-T-E-U-O. And faith is the word P-I-S-T-I-S. The P-I-S-T, is the, that's the stem of the word that it's, that it's built on. I don't hear anybody that even knows the difference between believe and faith. I have never heard a man say that they're the basic same word, one's the verb, the other's a noun. I used to wrestle with it. How can you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved by grace through faith? I don't understand that when I was young. I had to get a concordance open it up and say, oh, they're the same word. One just shows the action, believe, and faith. And then they preach all these other doctrines I'll go through some more as we go. The reason, a favorite verse, and I've given it to you, and I'm going to give it to you again. The reason they twist the word of God, these preachers, accept Christ and sinner's prayer. Will you pray to God? Will you pray to God? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you do that? Well, after you're a believer, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? When you tell people, just come down the aisle and pray this prayer and you're home free, you can go to heaven one day when you die. That's not true. You have to believe. You have to repent. You have to be born of God. We're born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That word will in John 1.13 is thelema. It's by God's determination that you're born again. People say, how can you be born again? Well, you can't. God has to do it to you. You have to be born again, but you can't do nothing about it. God has to convict your heart, cut in your heart with the word of God, make you alive, and then you'll start praying to him. And coming alive is God's business. It's not yours. He has to raise you from the dead person you are. He has to quicken you. I don't hear anybody say 
this concerning salvation. Quicken is the word Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. Zumpoio means to make poio zoo alive. Means to make alive. You have to be quickened in according to John the fifth chapter. He quickened, Luke the fifth chapter, he quickens whom he wills. I can't believe the preachers are not even dealing with quickening. Repent. I can't believe that. I don't hear anybody, if they say repent, except you repent, you'll perish. They don't expand on it. They don't tell you what it means. Jeremiah tells us to repent. When you have to, when you repent. Let me go over there. To Jeremiah 31. This is, I believe, one of the best definitions in the Bible concerning repentance. One of the best. This will tell you what it means. And Jeremiah says, Ephraim, in verse 18, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus. Ephraim is northern Israel. At this point of Jeremiah, northern Israel had been already carried into captivity in 722 B.C. because of the evil that Israel was involved in in the fire and tree worship, which was later brought into the church and renamed Christmas. And the Bible says, Ephraim is moaning and saying, Thou hast chastised me. Well, yeah, they were carried away into captivity. And I was chastised as a bullock, unaccustomed to the yoke. They were under the yoke of the Assyrian kingdom. The yoke was the laws of a kingdom. He said, I wasn't accustomed to the yoke of the Assyrians. And then he says, Turn thou me, and I shall be turned. When he says, turn thou me, turn is the word shub. It means God has to do the turning. Since there's none that seeks after God, you cannot turn your head towards God and seek him unless he picks you out before the foundation of the world, somehow arranges your life to cross the preaching of the truth. He cuts into your heart and he causes you to believe. I couldn't figure out when I was a little boy, how do you believe God? Well, you believe what he said. You read something and say, I believe that. Where did you get the belief? It has to come from God. It can't come from your own heart or your own makeup. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How can you conjure up belief without God putting it there? You can't. And then he says, when I was turned by God, remember the word repent in the Greek is the word metanoia. And the other form is metaneo, M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O. You have a verb and you have the noun. The noun. And it means to be turned to be turned and think differently. People say an easy walk down the aisle is all you have to do and accept Christ and pray this prayer, and that's not true, and the Bible says so. 
But they don't ever tell you you have to become a new person. If any man be in Christ, we are new creatures and we think differently. Well, you do, and you got something that's trying to stop you from thinking differently. That is the outer man in you. That's the flesh. Paul said, with the outer man, I serve, present tense, the law of the flesh. That's the outer man. And with the inner man, I serve the law of God. And the inner man is Christ in you that was birthed in you by the will of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the kingdom of God that's in you. That's the king that's in you. And this outer man is commanded to die. And if you die, you've got to put self to death. But God's going to put you through enough trial and persecution to get rid of self and pride and arrogance and all that that outer man wants. And that takes years for God to overthrow the outer man and he will finally just literally crush you. Well, you say, what do you mean crush? That sounds cruel. Well, God will be cruel to you. Job said, God picked me up by my feet, by my ankles by my heels and shook me to pieces when he killed my seven sons and three daughters and God did it Job said the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be the shem of the Lord the authority that killed my kids and blew my houses down and had all of my cattle stolen and killed my servants he said God did it and when Job said that the next verse says, And all this Job sinned not with his lips, nor charged God foolishly. The Bible says Job tells the truth about God when he says, I killed his kids and I destroyed all of his substance. All the winds that blew Job's house down belong to God. The 37, 38 chapter of Job tells you that. God says the snows belong to God. The lightning bolts belong to God. He tells the lightning bolts where to strike and they do. They report for duty to God. People, the reason they don't tell the truth, they don't like who God is. They don't like a God that creates evil. He said, I make peace and create evil. They don't like a God that kills who he wants to. He said, I kill him, I make a life, I wound, I heal. If anybody's healed, I heal them. But I don't do it at the behest of some phony like, like Benny Hinn. There are no faith healers out there. That is idiocy. You can't listen to those guys. They're liars. They've twisted the word of God. Let me finish this. Here's what has to happen when you repent. Surely after that I repented. No calm. Means to sigh and breathe strongly. But God has to turn you. And after that I was instructed. The word is Yadah. It means to know by seeing. To know. Know by seeing and understand. Write that title down, somebody. That's going to be my title. We got it. Okay. That'll be the title of the message. All right. Then he says, After that I was instructed... Instructed means, it's the word yada. It means instructed, 
instructed. Yada means to know by seeing or to understand. Understand. Now this would go with the verse I'm going to read to you out of Second Peter. Let me go ahead and read. I'm going to kind of tie these two together. I was instructed. Well, if you're instructed, you're going to learn, aren't you? You're going to learn. And this has to connect with Luke 14:27 and Second Peter. I'll put, put both those in mind. Second Peter 3:16. I've used this before. He's talking about Peter's talking about Paul's epistles that have hard, things hard to be understood, and he tells you why they're hard for people to understand. Which they that are unlearned, the unlearned preachers, Amathes, A M A T H E S. When you are repentant, you're going to yada. You're going to be instructed and learn. Now the Bible says they're unlearned. That word amathes comes from mathetes. Mathetes, which means it's the word disciple. It means a learner. And the Bible says in order to learn, to be instructed when you repent it, here in Luke 14, 27, you have to bear a cross. You've got to crucify self, so self quits thinking, I've got the answers. I used to think that I could think things out and have the answers. I thought if I drove my body hard enough, I could become successful and rich and famous and that's completely against God's word. To be famous is against the Lord. Famous singers, unless you lose your fame, you're blaspheming God. He says, God says, bless you even men shall reproach you. You're not blessed, famous singer, unless you're reproached. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. Reproach. Infamous. It's the exact opposite of famous. How can you be a famous singer or a famous football player or a famous basketball player or a famous anything or a famous company owner I noticed that Jerry Jones the owner of the Cowboys died this past week I don't see how in the world that man could have been a believer you have to be hated by the world to be a believer Jesus if the world hated me they you you cannot be that rich I think they said he was worth something like eight million, eight billion dollars. 
How hardly shall a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven? How can that man repent? How can a man give up the flesh? How can a man want to crucify self and share his millions or his billions with the needy and the poor and the downtrod? All of a sudden, boom, you get hit by death and then it's done, it's over. You have no way to reach out to the world anymore. Now, let me finish this verse in Second Peter. They are unlearned. And here's what they do. This is going to take me to the word froward as soon as we finish up this. Which they that are unlearned. Now, if you're going to learn, you have to have a cross. Any man will come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross every day, daily. You can see that in Luke 9.23. Anytime it says a cross, that we have to bear a cross, one time it says daily in Luke 9.23. That sets a precedent that every time you see a cross, it has to be daily that you have to bear. They don't preach that. These preachers don't even preach these, these, these words. And they rest... They're unstable, astereo, unstable, A-S-T-E-R-E-O. Stereo is a word that when you look it up, it means to be founded, founded, have a foundation. It means to be firm, immovable. They're easily moved around the alpha Puts, gives a negative part, it's a negative part, gives a negative to the steward derail. They're completely unstable, and they do one thing that's terrible. And this is what the charismatics do. This is what the Baptists are doing. People say, boy, you sure are bitter. No, I am not. I'm bitter at lies when preachers lie about the truth, and they don't, they don't have a they don't have a conviction to tell people the truth regardless of what it costs them. They just won't do it. Why is it men won't do that? They're trying to build their congregation. They're not, they're not caring for the individual. They're trying to get people to come by smooth-talking them. I don't like those preachers. I'm not supposed to. The worst thing they do it goes on to say they rest. They're unstable and they rest as, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. They rest. Streblao. S-T-R-E-B-L-O-O. S-T-R-E-B-L-O-O. They rich. They just twist. They distort. And I love this definition. They torture the scriptures. That's what Kenneth Copeland does. They torture the scriptures. They take it like a dish rag and squeeze it. And they squeeze the truth out of it by adding things to it that's not there. There's no faith healing. 
there's no Pentecostal tongues. They don't even care what that means. They are froward. And God will not. He won't put up with that in eternity. That's why he said, if you twist my word and you're not obedient to my word, I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. That's exactly what we've got with this pandemic, the coronavirus. We've got a pestilence worldwide. It's killing people all over the world. We've had over 47 thousand deaths due to the coronavirus in America and there's going to be a lot more because it doesn't have anything that looks like it's going to cease anytime soon God said there's going to be evil come upon the earth more tribulation such as is not from the beginning of the world no nor ever shall be as we near the end of time this is just the beginning of sorrows is what it is i am absolutely convinced of that i'm so tired of living on this earth i want to go be with the lord i feel like paul i guess because i'm 80 years old i'll be 81 in may this may and because i'm this age and because i've been through so much i've given up my old self most of it maybe have a little thin veneer of that outer man but not much it's because i'm just tired of the fight when you get tired of fighting you want to stay out of a fight stay away from people who fight that's the way you stay out of a fight and don't fight with them walk away anytime do you I keep saying this today do you not know that the whole world is crazy if they're crazy God made them that way they're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and only a few going to find the narrow way and many are going into the broad way that leads to destruction if we can get that in our head not only is that true but most Christians that are babies and it, I don't mean they're five years old. I mean, they may be 50 or 60 and be five years old spiritually. And you can't expect a believer that has, doesn't have a lot of faith. God's given to every man in the church a measure of faith, but he hasn't given everybody the same measure. We've got to be patient with one another as we allow Christians to grow in time. We can't, I, that's something I used to not do even in my 40s a lot in my 50s I was impatient with people now I just say well they are where they're supposed to be everybody's where they're supposed to be in this world God's doing everything in the world he works all things after the counts of his own will can we get that in our heads we got enough to fight fighting these false teachers out here that are liars and their vessels of wrath fitted to destruction so they twist the scriptures to their own destruction now go back over here to jeremiah 31 so you have to become instructed but those people are not instructed the people who wrench god's word and twist it they're froward. Every time you find the, fro the word froward, it means to twist or wrench. There's about, there's about 10 words. I haven't counted them. 
about 10 words for the word froward in the Old Testament. Every one of them means to wrench, to twist, distort. One of them means to torture. They're just torturing the scripture, wrenching it, just like you take a dish rag and twist it. They're doing it for their own good because they're unlearned and they don't know nothing. No except Christ. No sinner's prayer. There's repentance, death to self, David Cross. But boy, they hate that David Cross. The Bible says in Philippians, the third chapter, the reason the believers who weren't mature at Philippi, the reason they hated the Daily Cross, the Bible says their God was their belly. And the belly was, the, this was a, this was an Epicurean term, Epicurean. And the Epicureans were one of the most popular philosophies in the first century. The Epicureans said, all a man needs to do is fill up his belly, but the belly didn't mean the stomach. It meant everything that you desire, whether it's sexual, material, cars, houses, stuff, things. That was your God. It was in your belly. And they hated, and their, the Bible says their God was their belly and their mind their froneo, their mind, their sentiment, the things they were sentimental about, sentiment, their sentiment was on earthly things. Earthly is the word gay, G-E. It is the common Greek word for dirt. Dirt soil they loved dirt is why they hate the daily cross and that's why they can't learn because they don't want to take a daily cross as the bible says in 1427 without a cross you can't be a disciple of christ you got to crucify that outer man and you can only be a disciple a learner and that's how you teach and obey the Word of God. You've got to be willing to obey God's Word in every aspect. And you'll be wrestling with that, Jim Brown. Boy, you talk about, I have learned an unbelievable amount of what the Bible means in my life. Since I was 50 years old, I've never learned the rest of my life as much as I've learned, particularly in these last 15 years since I was 65. I've really learned how to live, how to think. I have to think of others and not me. Let me finish this verse. This is in Jeremiah 31. After I repented, I've, after I just became sorrowful for my sin, I was instructed, I smote my thigh. That means to take an oath to God. But you can't do that. For years to come, you can't become mature until you add to your faith. There in Second Peter 1 and 5, and you add seven things to your faith, you start off with virtue, knowledge, 
temperance. And it adds all these things. The Bible says, and it, it talks about knowledge and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity, which is agape, which is walking in the commandments of God. When you add these things, that's when you become, that's when you become mature and you can smite your thigh and say, I'm giving allegiance to God from now on. That has come about in my life as I get to be an older man. And then I smote my thigh and I was ashamed. Now, when you become ashamed, even confounded, that word confound means reproached. You become ashamed. You become infamous because you're willing to stand for Christ, not willing to stand for the outer man seeking things and stuff. I'm just not interested in stuff anymore. I said it the other night. I said, I used to like to show off. The only reason anybody has a new fancy, super fancy Cadillac or a Corvette they like to show off. They like to drive down the street and says, can you see my $75,000, Corvette? Or whatever they cost. Probably up or something around there. Maybe 100000 You can pay a lot more than that. The only reason people buy those is, can you see me in my fancy supercar? I gave the illustration. I saw a movie one time. And the guy was one of those old, uh, early 50s uh, science fiction things about Russia coming over here and blowing up America. And this guy's the only guy that's left. And he he gets on a shortwave radio looking for somebody alive because the bombs have gone off. And he goes out and uh, he finally finds somebody says, where are you? And they're a thousand miles away in Colorado. And he runs outside, jumps in the first car he comes to. He doesn't say, i got to get a Corvette, make sure I impress these people. Doesn't do that. He just grabs the first old car he gets into and takes off and look, headed for Colorado. The only reason you buy a Corvette you want to show off. The reason I know that I bought a brand new town car in 1987 is the prettiest town car I could find. It was a special edition. And I drive up beside people and I say, well, you got a town car, but it's not as nice as mine. I don't would be thinking that. I don't think that no more. I found out when you start telling people predestination is true, Christmas is pagan, you got to be infamous. You got to be hated by the world. Nobody cares what kind of car you're driving. They certainly don't care about whether you've got a diamond ring on or not. They're going to say, I hate you. I don't care what you've got or what you're wearing or what you're driving. So I, I've come to the place I don't really care about dressing in fancy clothes. Everywhere I go, I dress in a T-shirt, and I've got about 50 of them that says things like predestination's true. God doesn't love everybody. I got all kinds of shirts. I've got one that I get attention on all the time if I wear it. It's got Joel Osteen's Jesus.
Now the S's are actually dollar signs. And that's the way it is. That's Joel Osteen's Jesus. It's the money Jesus. It's the wrong Jesus. Now I got to get on with this because I got to get to the forward people. They're forward. They're twisted. The preachers in America are perverted. You can't go to any Baptist church that teaches predestination hardly. And if they do, they preach predestination light. I heard John MacArthur yesterday read James 1.18 of his own will begat yes. And he would say that, but he wouldn't emphasize it was God's will, not our will. And he never emphasized that there are vessels of breath fitted to destruction. He doesn't emphasize the word will. I think he's about half afraid of offending some of those Southern Baptists that he caters to. Now, now these guys, that's the Charismatics, I believe, are one of the greatest part, majority of the part of the apostasy in the world of anything that's out there because their faith healing is a lie their their slain and the spirit is an out and out lie the spirit quickens it put brings alive it doesn't kill people their tongues is a lie they're calling things that be not as though they were is a lie it's twisting the scriptures the bible says god quickens the dead makes them alive and calls things that be not as though they were something that was not was something that was dead and it's talking about the dead womb of Sarah and the dead loins of Abraham because the next verse Abraham considered not his own body now dead neither the deadness of Sarah's womb she was 89 years old Abraham was 99 when God says you're going to have a son she didn't ovulate anymore he didn't have any sperm in his seed anymore. And he and God says, You're going to have a son anyway. And Abraham said, Okay. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. By the way, that word unbelief is apistis, A P I S T I S. It means no. The Alpha Primitive negates the word pistis, which is the word faith. They had no faith. And the Bible says the first time it's mentioned in the Bible about froward men, it says they twist the Bible and they have no faith over there in Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, the 20th verse. He said, I will, this is God said, I will hide my face from Israel. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. Apistus. Froward men, Kenneth Copeland has no faith in God. Faith is death to self. Faith is substance, hypostasis. Hupo. Stasis, that's what it is. And it means, hupo means under, and stasis means stand. It's, they have no understanding, therefore they cannot hear. Hear, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Hear means to understand and obey. That's what it means. Here's the word akuo, A-K-O-U-O. That's the word here. 
and obey is the word hupakuo. Hupakouo. It means to be subordinate to or do what God says. It means hupo under to understand. It means to obey God. But you don't hear about them people saying you need to obey God. And then he says, I was confounded, ashamed and reproached. When you're ashamed, you'll be ashamed of ashamed of how you've lived. And you'll reproach means to take you take the blame. Now, I'm gonna get into some what's wrong with these preachers? I can go over and over and over the things that they teach. I don't like anything that they teach. They don't even teach when they say Jesus, they don't mean the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible said if you're not if you don't say the things I say, I'm going to bring this, and you don't agree with me. You have to confess Christ. Confess doesn't mean to walk down an aisle and say, I want to confess Christ during these, these 15 verses of just as I am, and these other 10 are almost persuaded that you sang, and then you did another five or six on softly and tenderly. Uh, that's not confessing Christ. Confess is the word homologeo. I've never heard anybody homologeo. That's the word confess. That's confess. I remember my father standing preaching saying, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I really didn't know what that meant. I was willing to walk down an aisle and say, I believe in Jesus. But I didn't know that meant I was already a believer. And he kept telling me, if you don't know tonight, nobody knows they're saved. Nobody knows that. You have to, not when you first come to the truth. You can't, I know I'm saved. I'm absolutely positive. If you're absolutely positive, then you don't have to lean on Jesus. You have to, Jesus is our leaning post. We depend on him to do what he says. We don't depend on ourselves to absolutely know as though we're already there. You can't absolutely know by being there. You have to learn. There's a verse over in 1 John that says, John says, These things have I written. I have written to you that ye may know that you have eternal life. That word is the word gnosko. But it depends on what he has written and what you have learned. This word gnosko means to know by learning. If you're learning, you are a disciple 
and you have a cross. According to Luke 14, 27, you have a cross. But John said, I have written these things so you can learn you have eternal life. That's not as strong a word as ido. When Paul said over there in 1 Timothy, uh, in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, he said, he said, I know whom I have believed. But right before that, he said, I'm an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher, and I'm suffering for being these things. I used to kill people who did what I'm doing now. I killed Christians for a living. I slaughtered the church. And now I am a completely different man. God struck me down on the road to Damascus. He changed my heart, gave me a new heart. And now I'm out here doing the same thing that I was persecuting. And I'm an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher. And I'm suffering for these things. Therefore, I see. I see my life change. I've watched me change. Boy, do I know that. I've watched Jim Brown change. Eric reminds me once in a while, my son, he'll say, Boy, you did so-and-so. We reminded him this afternoon. If I had done this back 30 years ago, you'd have jumped down my case. I said, Yeah, but I don't do that anymore. I don't like that old me. I was angry at the world 35 years ago. I was trying to get rich and be somebody. I don't like the old me. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done that's against people and hurt people. I really am. I don't want to hurt anybody anymore. I just want to tell people the truth, live according to the Word of God, have the character of Christ in my life, be meek and humble and gentle and kind, but all that has definition. I don't hear anybody that knows what those things mean. He said, now I can see who I believe. That's a lot stronger when Paul says, I've watched my life change. It's a, long, a lot stronger than reading something and say, this way I can learn I have eternal life. Ditto is a lot stronger than gnosko. When you watch yourself change because of trials and tribulation over your lifetime, what these guys are doing, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers, they're con men, they're crooks, they're hucksters. I have given you this. I'm going to give it to you one more time over in Second Corinthians, the second chapter. A huckster is a salesman, and he's usually selling something that's not worth the money. They used to do that in those medicine shows, and they sold what they call snake oil. I've got a t-shirt I put on it. Benny Hand is a snake oil salesman, and they are. They're selling snake oil. They're selling the other Jesus that's got a nice, he's a nice Jesus. There's two Jesus in the Bible. There's this real nice Jesus. Nice. And then there's the Jesus of the Bible. That says daily cross, death to self, self-denial, being hated by the world, being reproached or become infamous. And the list goes on and on. But the nice Jesus says, God wants you to have plenty of health and and he wants you to have lots of money to prosper. And he wants you to have everything you want. And he wants you to have abundant life. 
when that word is used, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. This means superabundant. And it's talking about sheep. And if it's literal, it's talking about God wants you to have more hay and better pastures and, and a place with still water. Still water because sheep are terrified of running water. That's why he leads me beside still waters. And this one and this one wants you to have health. And here's how they pervert and rich and twist the word of God. I don't like any of those guys. Don't like any of them. They're lying straight through their teeth. I'll stand in I'll stand in front of five thousand of those preachers, say you're all lying. If you don't repent you're gonna be in hell one day. And I don't believe you can repent. I don't believe God will let a man lie like they lie. All of them. The entire charismatic movement. Paul Crouch was a liar. Oral Roberts was a liar. Kenneth Hagin was a liar. Charles Capps was a liar. Joyce Myers is a liar. They're all lying. Preaching this. Kenneth Copeland's on TV going, I'm blowing away that coronavirus. I curse you. He's cursing the judgment of God. And the Bible says men will do that in the 16th chapter of Revelation. They will curse the plagues when they come on the earth. I wouldn't be in Kenneth Copeland's shoes for anything. He says he's worth over a billion dollars. And he probably is. He's got several homes. One home outside of... How can a preacher live like this? He's got one home, 18,000 square feet, that's probably up in the $20 million range. Got thousands of cattle, thousands of acres. He stole it all from the poor. Let me tell you, there's a word for you, Kenneth Copeland. I pick on him because he's the father of that movement now. He's the cause of most of them coming into it. There's a verse for you over in the 22nd chapter of Deuteronomy. God says, if you oppress the widow and the orphan, and you tell them they don't have enough faith for a new car like you, he says, and they cry unto me, I'll hear their cry, if you oppress the widow and the orphan, and I will kill you with the sword, Copeland, and I will kill you with the sword, T.D. Jakes. I'll kill you with the sword, Creflo Dollar. That's not my words. That's God's words. You can get mad at me if you want to. I'm real sure of what I'm talking about. I've been studying this book for 63 years. I've defined words for decades. I've, I've got a library in my home. I've got several thousand books in it. I research constantly. You guys, you're not even preachers. I believe most of your vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And you're pulling in more and more preachers constantly. What are you going to do about this coronavirus, huh? I dare you guys to do something. I challenge you. Go to go where they got a bunch of people sick and lay hands on that coronavirus and heal it. I dare you to lay your hands on it. You'll get it and die and then you'll go to hell. You say, boy, you sure are hard on those people. 
they are heathens. They're worse than the mob. They bring in hundreds of millions of dollars every year. Each ministry, Copeland's bring in, brings in about $175 million a year with all of his out-and-out out lies. And he knows who I am. I'm sure he does. My younger brother, Dean Brown, sang on TVN for years, and he's been around Copeland and all those guys. Dean, if you don't repent, you'll die in your sin. I'm just never, I am fed up with the preachers in America, sick of them. I've had this feeling when I was a young kid, but I wanted to go out because I had this big tenor voice, and I want everybody to hear me sing, listen to me, why? Ain't that great? I want everybody to give me applause, and I wanted to make a lot of money and be a good Christian while I was famous. You can't be a good Christian while you're famous. You have to be infamous. I don't like those people. They pervert the word of God. They, they're exactly opposite of Moses. Look over here in, in, uh, look here in, in Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven. They will not give up the flesh. They want to feed their flesh. Hebrews the eleventh chapter. Here's our one of our best examples. Hebrews 11, by faith, verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There's pleasure in sin. Sin is fun. But sin has no thinking to it. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Esteeming the infamy of Christ. Reproach is the word aniedzo. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew he would be recompensed when he got to the other end of the of the desert. Now they don't want to forsake the pleasures of sin. All they want is pleasures in sin. There's things that they will not deal with. They don't want to walk away from it. They want to twist the word of God. Those charismatic preachers, even the Baptist preachers, have fallen in with them. They've fallen in to accept Christ and sinner's prayer. That's a doctrine that Billy Graham spun throughout America, and it was false. Billy Graham wanted to make you feel good about liking this easy Jesus. There's an easy Jesus. That's another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. And Paul said, I didn't preach that Jesus. I didn't preach that gospel. Gospel is death to self. Not living for that outer man. So, what they do is they pervert the word of God. What we do. You have to forsake everything. Look here in Luke 14. 
I never heard one of them even comment on this. I doubt there's there's so many verses they're not going to comment on. They're not going to do this because what it's going to do is they'd have to run down their own doctrine. And they don't believe in teaching doctrine or instruction in that. They say, we don't teach our doctrine. We just want to love people, get them all to get saved. You can't get saved. You can't get anything because you don't seek God. How can you get saved? Look here in Luke Luke 14. I love this 14th chapter of Luke. It's talking about unless a man hates his mother, father, sister, and brother, you cannot be my disciple. Luke 14. What does he mean, hate mother, father, sister, brother? I've never even heard one of them deal with that verse. He's talking about a feast that was made for believers. And he gave out the call to the world. And most people made excuse. Say, well, I don't have time to believe. One of them said, they all began to make excuse as the invitation went out to them. In verse 18, and they all went with one ex- consent, began to make excuse. Means to reject or decline. Paratelmi means to shun. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground. I bought a new house and I built a house. I bought some ground, built a house on it. I need to go see it. I pray thee, have me excuse this Sunday. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I bought me a new tractor. And I have to go prove my tractor. I pray that have me excused from this festival of nomos, the word law, or legal food for sheep. Another said, I have married a wife. My wife won't let me come to Grace and Truth Ministries, even though I know you're telling the truth. I've had several men come here. And wives said, well, I don't like that. Get away from that. I'm doing my Christmas. I don't care what Jim Brown says. It's not what I say. It's what God says. I like my free will. I don't like that predestination. I'm not going to be hated by people in my neighborhood. I'm not going to give up my mother and my father. So they all make an excuse. So that servant came and showed his Lord those things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Bring in those people that can't help themselves. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in. Ananke is the word compel. A-N-A-G-C-H-E. Or A-K-E. Ananke. We get our word ankle from that. It says, if they're one of his sheep, bend their ankle. Pressure them. Doesn't mean pressure somebody who's an unbeliever. It's talking about those who want to come to the feast. For I say unto you that 
None of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. My nomos is the Greek word law. It means it means legal food for sheep. Anomos, the alpha negating the word nomos, translates anomia, which is the word iniquity. It means unlawful food. No lawful food. And then he says, if any man come to me and hate not his father who refuses to come, who refuses to eat, and his mother who refuses to eat, and his wife and children who refuse to eat of the truth of God, and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, the outer man that wants to do nothing but fulfill the flesh. If you don't hate your own self, you got to hate yourself. I don't like the old me. I don't like to be reminded of the old me. I'm just... If I ran across Jim Brown, I've said this before, if I ran across me at 33 or 34 years old when I was young and trying to seek the flesh... I'd look at me and say, what is wrong with you, boy? Behave yourself, and I'd slap me as hard as I could. Stop that! That's how I look at my youth. And Back then, I'd look at some old man like me and say, he's an old fanatic. He's just too religious. He just wants to be religious and thinks he's better than everybody. That's what I'd say. And I was very ignorant. Unless a man hates his own life also, you cannot be a disciple. You can't be learning. You can't be without a cross. You get, and then he goes on to say that. Whosoever doth not bear his cross, the man whose God is his belly, who his mind is on dirt, everything you see is dirt. Your car's dirt. Your diamond ring is dirt. It's coal under pressure. Your money is dirt. The bank is dirt where you put it in the bank. Everything's dirt. Your clothes are dirt. You're dirt. There's nothing in the world that wasn't in the ground a million years ago. And I do believe that we were around, that this earth was around a million years ago. For which of you intending to build a tower... Do you think those guys are building an entire, they may be building mega churches, but you can't have a mega church and preach this truth. They'll all walk out and leave. Which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost? Counteth is the word fizzo, P-S-C. S-E-P-H-I-Z-O. Fizzo. It means to enumerate with pebbles. This is evidently preceding the Chinese who put together these little, these little beads that you can count on this little computer type thing. Amethyst. Huh? Amethyst. 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 
abacus. Okay. Proceed, evidently preceded that. Lest happily after he had laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. They haven't even started a foundation among the Charismatics or the Baptists anymore. The Baptists used to believe in predestination. Behold, they begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and is not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and count and consulteth whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh to him with 20,000? Well, the best way you can count that is count for God and obey his laws because if 20,000 comes against you and you're obedient to God, you can cause your enemies to flee seven ways. Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, just the same way you need to count the cost in battle, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has. Does that mean to give away everything you got? No, it means not to count what you've got as important enough to hide and not count that in the cost. It's going to cost you what you have to tell the truth. I don't care if somebody wants to sue me. If Kenneth Cope wants to sue me, I'll be glad to go to court. And the way I'll defend myself, say, give me a chalkboard. I'll stand up here and tell you why this man is lying. If he's going to preach the Bible and say it's true, I wouldn't mind standing in the court for four hours and preaching to these people. It would be worth my house and my cars. So likewise, who shall be that forsaketh not all that he hath? You cannot be my disciple. Forsaking all you have goes with verse 27 when he says, if you don't bear your cross, you can't be a disciple. The way you bear your cross is forsake all you have and say the truth to everybody. I'll tell you what it does. I've said this so many times before. It makes you free. I am free to talk to anybody about the truth. I don't care who they are. I used to be ashamed to talk about the truth because I thought I was talking about the other Jesus. The real Jesus is take your cross and die daily, death to self. The real Jesus is the one that's coming back with eyes of the flame of fire on a great white horse and a sword coming out of his mouth. That's the real Jesus. And he's going to come back and everybody's going to see him, scream and start shouting. You can't be a disciple. Let me give you some of these verses on... on forward we already said there in Deuteronomy 32 20 people are forward have no faith he says in 2nd Samuel 22 27 with the pure thou wilt show thyself pure and with the forward men who twist and pervert and distort God's word ikish iqq I-S-H. Let me erase this. It's, I don't want to run with people who are forward. I understand that some people are baby believers. You can be a baby believer a long time not taking a stand. I was. 
You can be a long time, baby believer. You say, why do you keep talking about the Baptists and the Charismatics? They are the the large majority of the religious world that's lying just as fast as they talk. They're lying. Jim, what about the Presbyterians? Well, they're not a big... The Southern Baptist Convention is the largest denomination in the the largest Protestant denomination in the world. They don't have as many as the Catholics have, but they are large. When they call themselves Southern Baptists, it doesn't mean they're in the South only. That is just a... They were organized in the South. You got the big seminaries in the South, but they're all over the world. Usually a First Baptist Church in any town is a Southern Baptist Church, whether it's in Washington State or in Chicago. I've got a book here. How much time to have mine? I don't have time to get in this book. This will tell you it's Southern Baptists and the Doctrines of Election. I'm going to read from that maybe next week, but let me get back to some of these forward people. This Southern Baptist and the Doctrines of Election will tell you about the early presidents of the Southern Baptists, how they believed in predestination, the sovereignty of God. They all did. I know the story about the Southern Baptists and the Independent Baptists. The reason the Independent Baptists succeeded from the Southern Baptists because the Southern Baptists were compromising on the sovereignty of God and predestination. So the Independent Baptists started preaching predestination. Then they split and quit in the mid-50s. I know all about it. I was raised in Fort Worth. That's the very home of it all. And let me give you some more of these things on forward. When you look at that word of Kish, the in Second Samuel twenty-two, verse twenty-seven. Second Samuel twenty-two twenty-seven. The Bible says, "With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure." If you hang around people that are pure. You hang around, doesn't mean they're perfect. It means they're recognizing they have sin and they're trying to deal with it every day. It don't mean you're going to arrive here in life. The main thing is you recognize your own sin and you keep praying, Lord, help me deal with it. And a little at a time, he'll help you to overcome it. He did me. Now, we all have some sin in our lives, all of us. But as you get older, it thins out. It just does. You don't want to do the things at 80 years old that you wanted to do when you're 20. You just don't want to do it. I don't want to go to some bar or some club and with some greasy woman. <laughs> I don't know why she's greasy, but <laughs> I just what I think of when I go to... I have been in bars. I sang in clubs all over America. Don't tell me what's in a club. I know what's there. Sin. But it says, With the pure, the man will show himself pure. And with the ickish, the twisted, the froward, you'll show yourself unsavory just like he is. 
And in Job 5, Job 5, let me read some of these. Job, the fifth chapter. Yes, through Job. Job 5. The Bible says, God taketh the wise in their craftiness, and the counsel of the froward. That's verse 13. The counsel of the froward, pathal. Pathal, one who tortures the scripture. P. I'll get it in a minute. Pathal. The one who tortures, twists. That's Copeland and company. Even Charles Stanley twists the scriptures. He's boring. He reads and he's boring and he's boring and he reads and he's boring, 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 boring. And he don't tell you what anything means. And he says things and it just kind of smooth and kind of puts you to sleep. I don't see how people stay awake with his messages. Now in Job 5, 5 and verse 13. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness and the counsel of the froward, the pathal, that twists the word of God and wrestles with it, is carried headlong. The word carried headlong, mahar, M-A-H-A-R. That's like one that's falling. He comes to a trap and he falls headlong like liquid. He flows easily and just just slides wherever he just adjusts to any situation. And then when you get into Psalms 18, let's look at Psalms 18. Psalms 18. I just want to read these to you. I'll read some more next week. I'm going to get back into that Southern Baptist and Doctrine of Election. You can't believe how, how strong some of the Southern Baptists were 150 years ago. But they're not now. They're mushy. You can't even tell what they're believing. They don't study. How do you know? They don't ever say anything. What's in the heart will come out of the mouth. Of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. That's what confess is means to agree with, homologeo. But you can't just say it with your mouth because some men profess that they know God, professes the same word, homologeo, and it means to agree with. But this because they said with their mouth, in works they deny him. What a man does is how he confesses Christ. If it comes out of his mouth, he'll tell the truth just like I'm doing. He'll, if a man's lying, don't you call him a liar? But nobody wants to use the word liar or lie. Especially and apply it to a person that's doing it publicly before millions of people. Like Kenneth Copeland, he lies as fast as he talks. I wouldn't trust that guy if he told me it was raining outside. I'd say, excuse me, I'll have to go look and see. 
everything they do is double talk. Anytime anybody has a, and they have some investigator or some person that's with some paper, some TV, they talk in circles and they lie when they're talking. Now in Psalms 18, let's look at this. Psalms 18 and 26. 18 and 26. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. He says that several times. Pathal is the word forward. It means distorted or crooked. It means a crook. Kenneth Copeland is a crook. He got all that money and all those houses he lives in, stealing it from the poor. He has no regard for the poor. God will kill you one day, mister, and he'll kill you with the sword, and the sword will be the word of God when he casts you into hell. I don't believe you can lie as long as he did, and he does without being an unbelieving vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. And look here in Psalms 101 and 4. 101 and verse 4. All right. 101, 4. Let's read in verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. He says, I'm going to keep my eyes away from the wicked. Sometimes just stuff and things is wicked when your heart is not is not chased before God. Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1.8, all things are full of labor. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The mouth will not simply utter it. I want that. I want her. I want him. I want that car. The body will labor to fulfill it. That's why he says, I will not set any wicked thing before my eyes. And covetous means to serve what you see. Pleonectes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. Those people that cause you to turn away from the truth. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart. A froward heart. Ickish, distorted, crooked, a crook. I believe one of the worst things in America, worse than the mafia, the mob, is the charismatic movement. They're stealing from the poor legally because we got freedom of religion. Freedom of religion was not true in the Bible. It wasn't true in Israel. If you went after any other God, God says you have to die. Look at that. Do I have any time? Let me give you this. Deuteronomy 13. This is amazing. You say something that wasn't true, that was your death sentence. The Bible says here in Deuteronomy 13, All right. He says, You shall walk after the Lord, in verse 4, your God, fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that 
prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God. If somebody wants to turn you away from the way which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way. That word way is direct. D-E-R-E-K and when it was translated in the Septuagint L-X-X it was translated Hodos and the Hodos is the narrow way and anybody who tries to turn you out of the narrow way they have to die in the Old Testament Billy Graham and Kenneth Copeland and T.D. Jakes and Joyce Myers and Creflo Dollar would all have been put to death long ago And they don't even want to hear what I'm saying. They won't even listen. I'd like to tie them up, put a gag on their mouth, tape their eyes wide open, leave their ears open, and put their hands behind their back, put them in a chair, and play this message to them over and over and over. (laughs) That's what I'd like to do. But you can't make a man hear. If they try to thrust you out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee, secretly saying, let us go after other gods, what would that be? That would be stuff and things and houses and cars and diamonds and investments. Let's just go after this, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you. What are the gods of the people in Andersonville? Cars and houses and things and money and gold and silver and diamonds. Which are round about nine to thee or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth, even to the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shalt thou I pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, for thou shalt surely kill him, if it's your brother. That's the way he had to, they had to put him to death in Israel. There was no freedom of religion. That's something that we have in our Constitution, which is biblically wrong. Thine hand shall be the first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of the, of the people. Boy, what the Bible says about false doctrine is tough, isn't it? It's tough as nails. I've got a bunch more of this on... That Psalms 101 there. Psalms 101, verse 4. A forward heart shall... Depart from me, I will not know, I will not be acquainted with wicked person. Anybody who twists the word of God, you have no business being around them. You don't have any. The only reason I watch them on TV, I want to take notes on them and preach against them from the pulpit. I want to know where the enemy is and what he is saying. They are God's enemy and they're my enemy. Friends with the world are enemies of God. Friendship with the world is enmity, ekthra, E-C-H-T-H-R-A, enmity against God.
That's what they are. They're God's enemies. Somebody needs to preach against them. Why, the reason the preachers want this kind of a message will upset congregations in a big Baptist church. The people say, we just don't know why you're so bitter, preacher. You're supposed to be bitter. You're supposed to be angry. Be angry at the winds of doctrine that pervert the church and make them apathetic, past feeling there in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. The church is, they don't, it's like the whole church is apathetic. They don't care. Apathetic comes from pathos. Pathos means sensitive or pain. Placing the alpha privative, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, in negates the word, it translates apathos or apathetic. They're in a state of apathy. The church is not interested in what the truth is. I hope I can get this over to some people. I can't get it over to anybody. The Holy Spirit has to do that. I want to preach it hard as I can and then say it's your tough luck if God doesn't deal with your heart. Am I out of time? Yeah. I'm going to come back and keep going on this forward thing. i got to... You say, you sure are hung up. I'm hung up on the lies. We're in the apostasy. We're right in the middle of it, people. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. God, I pray that you'll cut into the hearts of the elect, cause them to get behind us and support this ministry so we can reach out to a dying world there's a family out there. There's a family that belongs to you. Let us reach as many of them as we can. I love you, Lord. That's why I'm doing this. I pray for the church. You'll strengthen them. Help them to understand that even when they're not developed, it's due to all of these winds of doctrine out here they're having a hard time maturing in the faith because it's coming out over all the tv and the radio and the magazines and the internet it's everywhere that's feeding our lusts our desires fight our battles we'll praise you in christ's name amen well that was tough folks but it's the truth. You have to have a lot of guts to say this. I hope y'all know that. And that's something God's given me. I guess He made me that way. Lots of nerve. I may not be physically tough, but I am mentally like a steel bar. I'm just tired of the lies out here. If you ever wondered what's wrong, it's not nothing. It's not you that's wrong. It's the world. It's the preachers. It's the apostasy. God delivers. Help us.